0: My son squeezed the ketchup so hard while making the sound of a jet engine, it blasted his French fries the table and his sisters. An argument followed, but he did eventually clean up his mess while loudly protesting that this was all my fault for buying the ketchup. He's eight, and blamestorming is something we parents have to deal with every day at home. But imagine if we also had to deal with this illogical, time-wasting, counterproductive, exhausting and demoralizing problem at work. Well, apparently a lot of us do. Hi Heidi and hi Brent. Howdy. Whoa. Well, it is your fault. I'm blaming you one hundred percent, but I have no idea what I'm blaming you for. Isn't blamestorming a lovely word? <laughs> it is. A bit like barnstorming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's less uh, fun. Yeah, we've we've all sat <laughs> yeah, in that yeah. meeting where no solution is found and instead you discuss who's to blame for what.
0: At a time when we really need to be finding solutions. Yes. I think we are now approaching
1: one year of the complaint of but i can't find enough staff right it's really remarkable when you start looking at the discussion by organizations looking to hire there's no solution finding there's no innovation it's all they did it yeah it's like looking at two siblings arguing (laughs) it's absurd.
0: and we're 12 months in so we should have found those solutions by now no excuse yeah you know, or at
2: least attempted to identify what possibly could be the cause of this.
0: Do you sit in on meetings? Have you witnessed this firsthand, this blame storming? No.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm thinking sort of of the Monty Python Twit of the Year race that if you were going to do some sort of Olympics for bad office behavior, it would be who can have a more obnoxious meeting assigning <laughs>
0: blame and coming to no conclusion? Is the psyche of the person, like the people arguing, is it if I argue my case the best, I've actually assigned blame to them? Is that how it's supposed to work then?
2: Well, it's somewhat human behavior. If I can blame you for something I did, it's no longer my problem. It is now officially yours. Right. So then you have it. Even though I caused it, it's now yours. I've given it to you. So, Andy, it is all yours Yes,
1: blame shifting. Yeah. One of the fundamental things we do as consultants when we go in and look at any request, a request for training, a a request for coaching, whatever it is. Right. The first thing you look at is what questions are they asking and are they asking the right questions? Is that shelf too high or am I too short? Right. There's always two different perspectives at a minimum that you can look at any question from your dog would say the problem is you don't have enough hands to pet me (laughs) you would say my dog is needy and won't go away when i need to work if you go back and look at all of the complaints in media about not being able to hire not in one place do they discuss am i a place someone wants to work right Am I an environment where someone is going to want to stay? None of those questions get
0: asked. There's always this presumption of why wouldn't anybody want to work for us? And of course, we have a great work culture.
2: <laughs> yeah. And most of the problems and challenges are coming out of the service industry. People. They want to work where somewhere where they're respected. And the service industries. Not only the environment is non-hospitable, but the customers are non-hospitable. The employer's not doing the right thing. That is one area where they're having a hard time finding people to work because there are other jobs available. There's very low unemployment right now. You could one day be bussing tables and next day you could be a sous chef because there's enough jobs out there and enough job shifting going on. Blaming the employers is one thing. Because maybe they're not setting up their workspace and their business to be inviting or accessible. A place of respect. Yeah, a place where you're respected no matter what you do. In the corporate world, people are leaving one company to go to the other primarily for pay. And that's really why most people leave their job. They either leave a bad boss or they leave for more money. Those are the two reasons they leave.
0: Does there have to be some responsibility on, on the employee here a little bit? With the job market being like it is, you know, there's so much choice. It's like, well, I've been at work for one week. I'm not sure I really like it. Yeah. I haven't really given it a chance, but I'm going to go somewhere else.
2: Yeah, because I have yeah. another yeah. offer.
1: There, There is that facet of it. But something that's really been rattling through my mind recently is we've come out of at least two years, if not seven or eight years of alternate facts and arguing data. And my facts are not your facts. And we have 30 or 40 years of research, which shows pay is not the all consuming factor. It's an important factor. Right. People will stay in jobs where they feel embraced, respected, heard and value. Yeah, yeah. There's research going well back 30 years saying there are a lot of facets that go into being an employer of choice where people will stand up in line to get in and apply for jobs for you. Yeah. And it's rather interesting that employers have not discussed that data. They have not said let's get you better uniforms, let's get you better scheduling, let's get you proper rain gear if you're going to be doing deliveries. Yeah, We regularly see delivery people wearing trash bags as water protective. Yeah, Wouldn't it be better to spend the 20 bucks on getting them rain gear?
0: It's a huge ask of an employer to have an employee come in within a very short period of time know that all those boxes are ticked, that they do feel valued, and this is a culture that you want to be part of. It's almost mm-hmm. like you want the brand of your company to be speaking ahead of them, even walking in the door. Exactly. You know, they want to work there because they know this is a company that values its employees.
1: It's rather interesting looking at the service sector, and this is just observing here on my little corner of New York City. We have a Greek diner nice. on the corner, and They closed for a couple weeks at the beginning of the pandemic. They've reopened. They have the same wait staff and the same delivery staff who they've had over five or six years. And I think that that really speaks to if you have a culture and an environment where someone feels at home, even in lower positioned jobs,
2: you
0: can keep them.
2: Uh, Even when things are bad, they will stick around yeah if you treat them well
0: so when you're in your meeting and karen and ken are blamestorming each other is that a sign to you guys like "Uh uh-oh we've got our work cut out then there's a lot to do here or could that just simply be ken and karen get rid of them and you're fine
2: (laughs) i think it's a both and it depends on what is going on in the organization. If people are blaming each other, that's not good for the no, culture no, at, yeah. no. at all. But and It's I, not I, good for morale across the board. I,
1: I would say that old joke about denial is not just a river in Egypt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I
0: yes. love my dad jokes. That's a safe one for the kids. Love it. That's a, <laughs> thank you, that's thank you a, Heidi.
2: It's actually what? a good shrink joke.
1: Part of what you see... <laughs> In that blamestorming is it's easier to deny and deflect than to ask those correct questions yeah. that are really going to dig down into solution finding.
2: And when we see this happening, if we're observing the meeting and we see it happening, the first thing we, we think about is why is the leader not shutting it yeah, down?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Why is whoever's in charge not saying stop, time out, Everybody go take a break. We will reconvene in five minutes and we will stop doing this. Yes. yes. Let's go to solutioning.
0: Mm. Nip it in the bud. Not gonna encourage this type of discourse.
2: Sometimes it's hard to do that because there's some momentum that gets built up in a room. Yeah. And it is hard to stop. When we talk about labor issues, Heidi's working with a client that was a staff of 200 prior to in the beginning of a pandemic, and it has shrunk down to 100 because they're having a hard time filling positions. Does that mean
0: those 100 are doing twice as much work? (laughs)
2: 75% more work because they weren't doing the work they should have been doing in the first place. Yeah. Uh... So now they're all doing more work. That's actually a sideline that could take us into
1: a different podcast. Since they have lost half of their staff, it's a convenient time to realign and restructure the entire way the organization does business. You don't want to
0: piss off the hundred people that are left by them suddenly saying, no, I'm working way too much <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, no, but
1: it's- By a the way, way of- we want you to do yeah. more, thanks. It's a way of saying, look, it's only us left on the boat. Let's change things to make it function better. Yeah. So there is opportunity yeah. occasionally yeah. in those yeah. choices.
0: Yeah, that would be an interesting subject for, a, for an episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Case, Case study. Well, I'm still blaming you both, so... um. Okay, I'll take the blame. I'll storm later. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Heidi, what's on the table for next week? I'm just going to close it with we've made it halfway. Oh, oh hmm. sounds like a
2: romance novel. Halfway to what? We don't know, I don't think. Hmm. Mm,
0: intriguing. Halfway. Thank you so much. Um, I'm still blaming you, and I'll blame you next week.
2: All right, we'll see you next week with more blame.
0: <laughs> and more storming. <laughs>
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.